You're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host, Namratha Bagaria. Welcome to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast. My name is Namrata Bagaria and I'm your host. My guest today is Mr. Haranjan Singh. Welcome, Haranjan. Hi, Nam. So Haranjan is a sustainability expert and he's been kind enough to come on the show because very often when we're working in health or health technology or entrepreneurship in digital health, we don't think of sustainability. And I thought that this time we give a spin to the episode and give something different. How does business sustainability tie up in digital health? So Haranjan, you've been there for for the summit and you've been around me and he's one of my closest friends, by the way, guys. So, uh, and listening to these ideas. So what's your understanding of so far what Health 4.0 is doing and what where, where do you think sustainability and uh, comes in and how should we think about sustainability? Yeah, thanks for the question, Nam. I think you have really, you know, got some great uh, dig out on how these two things are connected. You know, uh, I would be, I would be quite willing to take some time today to first give a perspective of how these two things are rather inseparable, uh, because that's the right question to ask here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are just very few points which can or which might in this whole you know uh, universal logic which can make sure that these two things are inseparable and i can bet my all of my money <laughs> on that that these are totally not at all you don't have a lot of it so it's okay but go ahead <laughs> i have some shillings <laughs> and cents but i'll be happy to even you know bet that on this on this on this logic okay uh, you know, when when we talk about the connection between the two, I think let's first take out a generalized perspective, insights on what sustainability is and how it the whole concept of sustainability came to the mainstream uh, business world. Mm-hmm. And it's still, uh, you know, catching up and how it is ju- touching now almost each and everything right from you know academics to uh, research mm-hmm. to industry to policy and then to public life and then a part of the public life which is public health mm-hmm. so sustainability has its root the modern version and understanding of sustainability has its roots on the western capitalism and it's quite interesting that as the steam engine, you know, when it hit the world and the industrial revolution started, which was almost 150, 180 years, that kind of range back, that gave wings to, you know, the horsepower required behind getting from nature extracting from nature what is required as raw materials and then transforming them into some meaningful product which will be applied to the human civilization for their needs. 
and that has been the trend for the last you know 180 odd years but in the process what happens that the whole equation on how much we should extract and how much we should process and how we should process what are the ways being created what is a product being created how much of that product is able to get converted into waste which will be absorbed back into the cycle of becoming the natural resource itself in some time so this whole life cycle of you know uh, some material being plugged out of earth used and then dumped back on the earth as a big environmental impact this whole cycle just got expanded got bigger and got mismanaged over these 180 years mm -hmm. and the notion of sustainability came to a picture when we started seeing the you know quite fearful pictures of oceans of plastics you know out there on planet we started seeing massive wildfires the uh, you know environmental impacts uh, extinction of certain species danger to polar bears rising of sea levels and the latest you know covid 19 somewhere sustainability the lack of sustainability rather is the one of the cause because the population of bats which has been sustaining these kind of deadly viruses so far within themselves this absorbed them and then their population was not enough to contain it so it surpassed that ecosystem of the bats as an absorption pod and then extended to other other forms of life and to humans and we all know now the economic impact of that so let's put it like this somewhere 200 years back when there was no industrial revolution things were sustainable it was local sourcing local processing local consumption the processes were not intensive in nature particularly energy intensive either in in the process design but also the product which was being used was inherently designed to be reused and recycled back to the raw material of making another similar product but in this whole last 180 years when the concept of scalability of economies and large scale manufacturing came into the picture lots of the other elements which the world enjoyed before they just disappeared and because they disappeared there was some impact and this is as good as physical equations you know which we which we on on which the whole universal laws are based when we did something which uh, which was creating some kind of imbalance some kind of extra added material which is not uh, uh, conducive to the environment which is not part of that natural cycle of consumption and absorption and when that quantity was increased and it got into you know mega tonnage over millions and millions of you know uh, cycles then we brought the concept called sustainability which we already enjoyed for the whole evolution of human life and the civilization back to the perspective of what industry should do adopt sustainability 
or I would say touch base to their roots, you know. So that is the whole, you know, uh, bottom line on sustainability. That is not a new thing. It is what we had and we are trying to, it's just like somebody went out for a walk, got lost, and now they are bringing them back. Hey, this is your home. You know, this is what it used to be. It's, it's, it's as good as that. And the human health and health 4.0 connection with sustainability is that ultimately one of the prime goal of the human civilization and human experience is living a happy and fruitful life. Now, I'm not going into the context of quantification of the fruitfulness or, you know, of life or the overall success of life. I'm just talking about living a happy experience. And in that happy experience, health and adequately good standard of health, which is now medically proven and there are parameters to define if a person is you know, adequately healthy or not, that experience is linked with the space which we live in, the air which we breathe, the water which we drink, where we thrive, and the ecosystem which helps us achieving that adequate health living reality. That is where sustainability is kind of, you know, coded like a, like a blockchain uh, uh, internal code with, with this whole health, health 4.0. I think I hear a couple of things and I'm going to dissect it out for us to discuss further. So last, uh, last episode, I had uh, Mr. Alec Prutish and he's uh, one of the proponents of Sustainable Development Goal 3 uh, and all of the other ones. And we talked a lot about health and sustainability, where even the United Nations has these 17 sustainable development goals. And within each goal, they have different parameters that are needed. So one aspect is defining what sustainable health means. And I think we've covered that in our last podcast. And um, for me, when I talk to people like you who come from business sustainability, one of the key things that we look at today is how sustainable are your procurement practices? How sustainable is, for example, masks? A very simple thing. We know that in Canada, and we both are in Ottawa, Canada, we didn't have a lot of local manufacturing before. And now we do have some lo local manufacturing. And, and this whole supply chain of health, health products, health technologies, and sustainability is one element medications and sustainability and the other aspect is also disposal of these wastes that we are going to create of all these mass that we used that and so much uh, waste that is there I don't know I'm not aware of the safe practices um, too well because I remember last year at some point Canada had to get their garbage back from Philippines because it was dumped in the wrong way and so in these aspects of business, of health businesses, which need a lot of supply chain coordination, what are your recommendations or where do you see us using uh, technology or leveraging practices in the, in the near future? Yeah, quite an interesting take on the mass though. Uh, look, uh, when you talk about sustainability at a broader level, there are many subsections. Then one of the subsection applies to sustainable supply chains and a farm to fork concept that is local product development using local resources and consumption even locally. Because 
if we have more of local loops one is the uh, self-reliance is increased to another level and self-dependence is one of the attribute of that ecosystem and you know the geopolitical risk of sourcing it from a particular place on the planet and with all these you know delays in logistics and movement of people and goods because of the pandemic situation they can be uh, mitigated but another aspect of sustainability is within the product itself that from which materials it is being sourced what is the life cycle environmental impact of the product not just what went into creating the product but what was the transportation you know context of sourcing the material from where they were sourced was it ethically sourced or not how much of ghg already went into bringing the material to a factory for final assembly and then future distribution to the possible consumer and the and after they use the product what will be the recycle loop on that product because i'll tell you some interesting you know uh, stats about uh, life cycle assessment so we all know that world has a solution hey go solar go wind and not burn coal i totally support it and i am electrical engineer who has keen interest in renewable energy and i am a big champion about renewable sources of energy and various sources and combinational impact of the renewable energy sources but when we see solar panels the energy which is spent in producing a panel is highly intensive and especially in then case when we are sourcing the panel somewhere in asia and bringing them to north america there is also a dg impact on the transportation side and then finally if we see the life cycle gag which went into the solar panel throughout this 25 years of life span sometimes that is more than conventional sources of energy and then hydropower is a absolute king even better than wind and solar in that case so it totalitarianism approach or you know uh, 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 or the life cycle approach which we say in the sustainable terms that needs to be adopted but now the scenario on sustainability is also shifting towards produce local consume local thing because that will mitigate lots of this centralized approach of mega production which was the initial source of the creation of the imbalance which led to bringing sustainability again into the perspective that why we need it again i so, think this goes this goes also in terms with smart manufacturing and that's one of the things you produce less you produce local you produce what's needed right and 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 as you're saying something i would like you to also mention as you go along is to do digital health we need tons of energy like electricity and second it generates a lot of e waste and if you could highlight some information in that in in sustainability and those practices because a lot of time we don't factor that in as entrepreneurs when we're doing businesses in digital health so some information would be really helpful so there is a unique concept which has been you know hovering around the uh, 
uh, electrical distribution networks in the last eight or seven years. It is called distributed energy system, DES in short. And what it means is it's the application of big data, IoT and AI on uh, treating small energy generation sources in a scenario for the future citizens where people will be having electrical cars, EVs, and they'll be having potentially uh, solar panels or mini wind farms on their roofs. And some of them might be having a methane digester at home. Mm -hmm. There will be multiple sources, micro sources of energy production. Mm -hmm. And what people can do, then they can play with this whole uh, uh, concept of micro generation and micro distribution as compared to right now, centralized mega generation of electricity at a big plant, which then travels over thousands of kilometers on high electricity voltage lines. By the way, 50% of the energy is almost lost. Yeah. Then it goes to the distribution centers and then from distribution, low voltage lines to the municipal networks. And then finally, somewhere on our community level, small distribution junction box and from there, our homes. So this is a big risk because in terms of, you know, natural disasters, tornadoes, high winds. And we saw, you know, like a big part of Ottawa was uh, in 2018 tornado, it was out of uh, power for a couple of days. You know, as you speak about this, I'm reminded by one of the experiments from my lab that I work at U Ottawa. It's, it's the MCR lab. One of my colleagues, Dr. Fedwa Lamarti, she had an experiment where they used human energy to generate electrical energy, which is you bicycle and then you store it in a dynamo and then you can transfer and store that generator. So you lose weight and you're using kilocalories at the same time, you're generating power. I'm sure that's not enough power to run your everything, maybe for some things. But that, as you were talking about the whole distribution, because one of the other things we need to address is as we use electricity and power consumption for making our lives better, like I'm sitting on a chair, having my computer, having um, my phone to do most of my tasks. And as we automate lives, we are also getting more sedentary. And as we know, sitting is the new smoking. So it's not just sustainability that comes in how we procure or sustain energy, but also if we are going to have a lifestyle which is so digital, the way we behave also has to be sustainable for our own living. So I see like a two-way sustainability interaction with and 4.0, for example, like how I see is if I'm using all these healthy, uh, healthy environmental practices, having say a sustainable living farm where I'm living, but also having standing desks, having computers and having smart systems, which tell me you've sat for X number of hours, you need to move. You know, because I, I see this because I come from the complete opposite side that you come from. I come from a health perspective, from a human being perspective. And I personally believe that today, the way we are living lives, we are not sustainable. The way we are isolated, we're using technology as a replacement for human beings. They are supposed to enable our conversations, you know, people are replacing the conversations with them. And for me, that is tragic when we forget the essence of why we are, like you mentioned, 180 years ago, the essence got lost over time. Loneliness, depression, sitting, 
not communicating enough not having enough uh, mental mental health to cope with all this pandemic recovery i think these are again other elements of sustainability which we as public health medical or tech researchers in health look at and 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 i think what one of the questions i want to ask you is one part of sustainability is doing these practices and having these policies and guidelines so it's basically the operational side but the second part of sustainability is behavioral so when it comes to behavior what have been the key successes in adoption of sustainable practices whether it's sustainable living or sustainable businesses what was those mindsets because if something that you say may be useful for us app developers to use when we make our apps for physical activity or for eating so what are the success drivers for behavior adoption for sustainability i think that is a great point ma'am and uh, i would like to draw some uh, you know cross linkages with the triple p concept of sustainability because that beautifully captures how the need for behavioral adaptation either incentivizing it from a policy perspective or motivating it from the design of the health 4.0 application onto the human lives is beautifully connected with the people planet profit that is triple p which is people planet and profit these three things when combined together form a a unique pitch for sustainability and we see that people are the core part of health here but when we see profit and planet these two things also feed into the two elements of people if there is a healthy planet that can sustain what experience people need as per healthy living in in terms of local organic food generation uh local waste conversion into energy use which will be then fed back into the you know people's consumption lines and the profit impact of that because somehow if we say that yeah the world is kind of addicted with the capitalistic approach you can't just take off the addiction right away the profit element of sustainability has to sustain and that has to be a, a integral part of this whole design of sustainability wherever it it will it it will touch so what will be the profit part of digital health or health 4.0 which will be connected through policies through incentives through behavioral motivational patterns where human uh, uh mind and gesture and motivation which is linked to profits can also see sustain uh, can also see that 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 kind of root you know not just for the love of planet and the love of having a greater human experience but also hey this is in in fact more profitable to do that either it is in cost saving yeah i think reduce hospitalization bills would be one of the immediate thing that jumps in my head uh because that's usually the pitch most digital health companies give when they go and pitch my app does this it will reduce this and therefore this will happen and therefore this so that's been a pitch that's been going along for a long time i don't see cohort studies to 
to have the essential evidence linking cause A to B. So I don't see causal studies enough. Um, I think also when you talk about Canada and the Canadian ecosystem, one of the biggest, I would say, barriers to innovation or digital health, especially adoption, was the single payer policy that we have. And, and, and that's one of the reasons it's changed a bit in COVID. There was more openness to have more players come in and deliver because there were so many requirements that's needed. But still, I would say when it comes to buy local and manu- manufacture local, buy local, even though we have a lot of local talent in health and health tech and, and, and that's, there is a very low consumption of exactly what we innovate in Canada. Most of it gets exported to U.S. And most of the good, good talent pool also gets exported to the U.S. when it comes to health and health tech. Um, so for me, I think the profit would also entail keeping our talent, right? One of the other profits, not having the brain drain that we've been having. So like I'm, I'm looking at from broader perspective. Um, I think the third, third part of the profit that you're saying to me, look, we in Canada are blessed to have longer life expectancies than most other countries because we have certain things right. But if we open the Pandora's box of loneliness, of quality of life in certain age groups, of financial insecurity, like like um, the pandemic clearly showed people don't have savings, you know, <laughs> people have no money. And, and, and somewhere, if this is linked to personal well-being in a better way, and so it's not just your cost-saving people getting hospitalized, but if I'm sustainable living, I'm saving money, I'm, I'm having more resources, either I'm healthier so I can work more or vice versa. I think those are the minute. So there has to be a top, middle, bottom, like everybody, what does every stakeholder win and what do they all have to do? Because a lot of policy is driven by people and a lot of people are driven by policy. Like if you see UK also has endorsed nudging as one of the behavioral economic tactics. I mean, it's a legit way they are doing their work now, but it's not always, uh, it's not always, uh, seen ahead enough in time sometimes it takes a lot of things to happen for it to go so i would say um like with the new obesity guidelines where we have defined obesity is not just your weight it's also a lot of other factors like acknowledging these things and then acknowledging this concept and i also think it's a skill because it's something you learn and you keep doing it again and again and again and then you get better at it so i would say sustainable behavior and any behavior is repetitive it ha- and there has to be a the whole process of i'm going to start i'm going to try i'm going to fail i'm going to do it again i'm going to try but clearly what are, what does success look like some and 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 deconstructing all this because we here two of us can sit and talk about all this and go on like in a very fancy way uh, very intellectually feeling awesome about ourselves discussing this but in a very simple way, it's been like, you know, kitchen garden, grow your herbs, eat your food. It lowers the carbon footprint and it's good for you. So it's a simple pitch. I am, you know, something like that. Or, or, or taking some extension from that. If you are really not into kitchen gardening and that's not your passion area. Yeah. Using the technological platform, you can have a shared living space in the community where somebody is passionate about kitchen gardening 
you can all collaborate your financial efforts to enable that project and they all collaborate maybe you are passionate about uh, building some uh, furniture using waste products just giving a random thought and maybe they would like that idea as a community and you can take up that project and then not only can can, can uh, 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 benefit yourself but the larger community can benefit from that so yeah. in this in this shared living and uh, because a lot of sustainability has to do with resource management and that has to do with community and community building so community and building individualistic society which is so consumeristic this is the fundamental behavior changes to think collectively before even you do any practices well and you know the big change will be brought here from the from the platforms which have the capacity and the outreach so i see walmarts and costcos of today transitioning into more sort of a individualized but community shared experiences in future that is something which which will which will be matched with the economic forces of today and the policy side and the more sort of a will of consumer will what kind of experience they want to have out of resource management and procurement of their of their of their life sustaining goods because sustainability has long been for the last good two or three decades just a botox shot to look better and now it is it is it is you know high time and people are and industry stakeholders want to make it mainstream and not just you know a a to look good feel good thing but rather really enjoy the true benefits financial benefits and experience human life experience benefits of the sustainability uh, theory uh one of the key elements is that many companies corporates are now bringing in they are creating a new c-suite position called chief sustainability officers we never had this kind of you know c-suite decision making uh, uh corporate positions but now with the with the advancement of these kind of majors at the organizational level i do see that it will surely go beyond just looking good feeling good thing and into the business uh, strategy of the organization and then linking that at the overall level for a whole ecosystem strategy that is where sustainability can play a critical role and believe me sometimes we need something to unite organizations unite ecosystem together and give it a common vision and common mission sustainability is the thing which is the shared common vision and mission for organizations across this bigger ecosystem and ecosystems of different kind when they engage with each other because otherwise if you see the the very technical or inherent mission and vision of these ecosystems or even the sub organizations which are part of these ecosystems they are so diverse it's hard to hard to really you know get them together on a common platform how how are we going to do that yeah i think that, as you were saying i was taking some notes and let me use what you shared with me in a way with our listeners and with you i think it's interesting so one of the things that i heard from you was this 
real focus on local production, local consumption. And I did see during the pandemic in Ottawa, there were some apps which were really promoting local farmers produce to buy your groceries. Um, and I've also seen a lot of, I personally have conducted a lot of local uh, exercise groups and life coaching groups. Like, so you can be online. And of course, people from outside Ontario also joined in and I'm okay with that, but it was a local effort. That's how we started, like locally having these experts. So I see 4.0 as a platform for local production and service uh, uh, opening the dialogue for that. So that's one. So it's made in Canada for Canadians. And yes, the other world can also kind of use it. The second I heard was this concept of chief sustainability officer. And I thought to myself, what if we have a sustainable health officer? Because we have SDG threes, we've never connected it in public health. We keep it in developmental agencies. And, and with the budget cuts, what if the person liaisoning between hospitals and public services is a sustainable health officer? And that position will definitely help translate and actually measure the profit part of it and the other parts to the people planet. So they, it's that mandate. Um, what other thing that I, I think I have been talking to you and there's something as health, we have to deliver it near the people. So municipalities are the closest to the people. And you, you and I have been talking about the Federation of the Canadian municipalities. And one of their clear mandates is green and climate change agenda. And where I hear this, it reminds me of two things. One is this entire conversation, what we just had about the 4.0 platform being local and the sustainable health officer, but also uh, I keep talking about definition of health. And there are two definitions, the, 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 the third definition of health, which is health as a skill, health as something you can acquire as a wellness definition. And then other is health is how a living a human being interacts with other living beings in their environment. So the combination of the wellness and ecological, so eco well-being kind of definition, because the minute you start shifting definitions, you start shifting expectations, and you already have some existing frameworks to give that delivery. So I think though we started off this conversation with, I don't know, let's see how sustainability and health 4.0 fit in together. It, it does very clearly fit in together. It was, it was a great attempt on our side to so at least open this dialogue. And for our listeners, if you, if you have thoughts, please give me a shout out on Twitter on Health40Leader1. And as a go away message, do you want to say something to our listeners, Haranjan? Well, all I would say is get engaged with the raw nature. Take some time off, visit some, you know, a plantation. I know international travel will be, you know, much of a worry and not very much convenient for the next few months, but explore your backyard. Get to the senses of that, uh, you know, uh, vegetation, which is growing by, its, by, by itself. Feel it, uh, smell it, experience it. And if you develop some kind of, you know, bond with it and you feel for it, Explore how you can incorporate more of that goodness of sustainability in your personal life. It can be small thing. Like for me, two years back, I took a call, no plastics. Mm -hmm. And whenever I go to a grocery store, they offer me plastics. I'm like, I'm sorry. I took a vow. 
not to consume plastics. And it can be a very personal thing, but it can also be some of your shared values may have strong linkages with sustainability in itself. Maybe you reflect on a person on Tinder who uses plastic. Maybe that's a new thing. <laughs> well, people uh, should have, you know, your plastic usage yeah. uh, uh, score. I don't know what. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, uh just uh, uh form your uh, uh your own relationship with sustainability it can be anything right from you know uh uh, uh switching off uh extra uh lighting needs in your house to having more energy efficiency uh in your heating instruments to uh going in for uh you know uh, clothing which is uh, which has direct application with uh, less processing of material. Because one of the things is that the less, uh, the, the more is the number of steps involved into processing, the more energy and resources are required. Mm -hmm. So we have the next uh, Toronto Fashion Week by Haranjan with leaves, shrubs and bushes, hopefully. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, something which is like Lenin straight out of uh, Nile Valley and with lease processing, I'll, I'll also go with that. Awesome. Maybe a little bit, well, little bit too much fancy for me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Haranjan, for this wonderful conversation. You're most welcome, ma'am. You have a great weekend ahead. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Health 4.0 Leadership Podcast with your host, Namrata Bagaria.